everybody, and welcome to Let Me Ask My Mom. My name is Carlisle Studer. I'm here with my mom, Carmen Studer. You can just call me mom. I'm here with my mom. <laughs> Her name is mom. <laughs> Mama, mother, mothership. I'm not going to call you mom. Okay. <laughs> my nail lady calls me. She's so cute and young. She calls me Mama Carmen. <laughs> And that I love it. Cute. I thought you were about to be like, she calls me mom. And I was like, that's a little weird. <laughs> that seems like a boundary that shouldn't be crossed. Yeah, but she got a big tip. So <laughs> apparently I like to nurture people. You like, nick- <laughs> you like nicknames. I think you just like attention. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that could be it too. I'll do strange things to get attention. <laughs> Especially from you. <laughs> oh gosh, please don't. Um, so tell us what's the question of the day? Okay, yeah. So it, our podcast is Let Me Ask My Mom. So we start off with the question that I asked my mom. Uh, and today I just wanted to do a fun one um, just because I was curious to see what, how do you, oh, what Lord, you would say. No, no, no. It's not bad. It's okay. not bad. I promise. I was going to ask you, what is your most delusional belief? Oh, my most delusional belief yes. as far as coaching goes or as far as me as a human? <laughs> no, you, you as a human, okay, not as, as a, human. a life coach. I would say that this is not only delusional to other people, but um, there's a piece of me that believes that we could all reach the level of enlightenment of Christ if we were to pursue it <laughs> look at of, your face of jesus christ <laughs> is that delusional enough for you or you want that something? is absolutely delusional i had i had a different i was hoping i could walk on water by now so i'm disappointed in you myself. would be <laughs> the most if you could walk on water i would never go on vacation with you again <laughs> we'd be on a boat you would just be running away <laughs> told you to go this way <laughs> i no um you wouldn't like it if i could walk on water i have dreams that i can do that and i actually had a dream that you and your friend brianna could walk on water as well <laughs> <laughs> well the weird thing is i used to have flying dreams but i could only fly when i was over water yeah and i was always just like over a swimming pool so i couldn't go anywhere <laughs> <laughs> and i would try and leave and go further and i would just fall that's funny. But that wasn't like a question. That was like a... Like, what's your most delusional belief? I know, but that's more of a... Because I think everyone has like a guilty pleasure, like a delusional belief that they'll yeah. like die on a hill about. What's yours? Well, I was going to offer... Kevin, you're next, so oh, yeah. keep thinking. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Okay, can I tell you what I think yours is? Because <laughs> it's really funny. Okay. <laughs> is that you believe... I'm afraid. That my cat, I have a cat named Thor... And you believe that he is the reincarnation of your grandfather. He reminds me of him. So I call him Leroy. See, I don't think that's that weird. And the other, but the other night. I'm, Thank you, Kevin. No, I'm, I'm in bed trying to fall asleep. And I hear her. She's like, come here, Thor. And he's a cat. So obviously he doesn't do anything. And she's like, Leroy, he always come here. Comes, he always comes when I call him. When you call him by your grandpa's name. Yeah. And well, now, he did. You saw. You have to admit it. He, he did. But... <laughs> Every time you call him Leroy, it just makes me laugh. It's funny name. I mean, Leroy's like very like old time grandpa grandpa name, you know, like Leroy or Elroy. Like <laughs> it's kind of one of those names. What's your most delusional? I'm gonna be thinking about what I think yours is now. Well, oh, okay. Um, I have so many, but obviously I couldn't think of one mm-hmm. after I figured out this is what I wanted to ask you. Um. Oh. My, I have so many delusional beliefs. Um, Other than thinking you're going to No, no. Do not say that on air. <laughs> All right. I think I know where you're going with that one. <laughs> My, like, we cannot, not to bring Vincent Van Gogh back into this again. Why not? We can have a whole scene. Whenever I did all this study on him, like a few years ago, I had fully convinced myself that's who I was in a past life. I was like, oh, I was Vincent Van Gogh. I think I just really wanted to be. Maybe that's why you're deaf in one ear. And that's what I said. No, no, no. That was my only evidence for it. I was like, okay, he cut off part of his ear. I'm deaf in one ear. Obviously, at some point, that happened. But When I was young, I thought it was John F. Kennedy. So. <gasps> wow. Oh, really? Yeah. I have no idea why. 
<gasps> and then he's coming back this this lifetime as a millennial. Yeah. He's trying to balance life out. That's true. <laughs> I'm definitely not JFK. Probably. His family was crazy. Yeah. Crazy. His sister got a lobotomy. His dad got it for her without his mom's permission. Could you imagine? <laughs> That's nuts. I, I promise I will never do that to you. Give me a lobotomy? <laughs> No, it used to be so easy to qualify for one. All you had to be was like hysterical, which now is like anxiety. And they're like, we have just the thing for you. <laughs> have you ever heard of an ice pick? Like, oh my gosh, it's frightening. It was a thing. It was so th- barbaric. And it never turned it out. It just shows you how far off we are still. Yeah. And this happened like <clears throat> recently and it never turned out well. They did like dozens of them and. Obviously, everyone was severely brain damaged, but they were like, well, guess we just got to keep trying. I always thought that was just part of being human. Lobotomy? <laughs> no, no, being hysterical. <laughs> you know, if you're saying it's anxiety, I mean, to me, there's people that think that they have anxiety, but they're really just having a normal um, kind of a stressful, hyper edgy experience because of the situation they're in. They're not actually full-blown anxiety or yeah. generalized anxiety yeah. as a psychosis yeah there's differences for sure um, so i liked your question it was good thank you what about you cav do you are you delusional about anything do you have any delusional beliefs um i guess i don't know if this one really counts you guys can tell me whenever i i have this huge fear of going on vacation because i think when i leave <laughs> like everything's gonna fall apart like my business like personal things everything and someone once told me like you know how delusional it is that you think that the whole world's gonna fall apart because you're gone for a few days and i'm like you're right that, you're right that is pretty delusional <laughs> is this how the That's coronavirus a- got started you went on vacation <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. where were you are you patient zero um, i just got back from egypt <laughs> is patient zero a thing it's the first person yeah, who the starts first a person who gets it. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's like really cool name. I like how people officially name things and they're badass. <laughs> it's a cool so name. So badass to be patient zero. <laughs> cool name, bad uh, position to be in. Right? Yeah. Don't want to be that one. That's cool. So we're our next segment yes. is non current events. Yes. We and- bring to you the hottest news of things that happened hundreds of years ago. <laughs> Because we're very tired of what's happening now. (laughs) You know, we already know how this turns out, so it's kind of nice. We feel in control. (laughs) Yeah, and also the drama that happened hundreds of years ago, way better than what's happening today. I don't know, Um, the NBA, I don't know. Oh, (laughs) there's so much drama in the NBA, I love it. All right, okay, so today I'm going to bring to you the very fun story of a man named William Jennings. He was an English man, and on June 19th in 1798, he died in County Suffolk, England, at 97. He was described as a crusty old bachelor, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, he had he was known to be like the richest, uh, what's the word, common folk, town folk, commoner. He's known to be the richest commoner in England, uh, but he uh, left no heirs, and he had no will, and his... I think his fortune at the time was like 2 million euros, which today ends, or not 2 million pounds. So I think today that translates like 250 million pounds. Wow. Yes. Uh, and so this was 200 years ago? Is that what you said? 1798. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, he died with no heirs and no will. And so his fortune became the subject of legal wrangles, obviously, for over a century until the entire state estate had been swallowed by lawyers' fees. <laughs> So for 135 years and over two continents, people battled until there was literally none of this money left. Wow. And the interesting thing was um, a will was found in his coat pocket and it was sealed but had not been signed because he had left his spectacles at home. (laughs) And when you're 97, if you leave your spectacles at home, you're screwed. And so why did he seal it? I don't know. (laughs) It's hard to predict what a 97-year-old will do. Yeah, but the interesting thing is I, I, I didn't read far enough to find out. I, didn't, I couldn't find any conclusive evidence on if he had sisters, but everywhere I read said he had no heirs and no brothers. Right. And I was like, okay, imagine if he had a sister and she's watching two million pounds get thrown away and she's like, are you freaking kidding me? So, but I thought that was really interesting. I think that's hilarious. No, it's wild. And um, I... I 
I hear about this. I remember um, Mike, your dad, had a friend who's, who's um, she used to work at a bank and she worked with really, really high-end clients, all like multi-multi-millionaires. And they would die and no, they would have no wills. They'd have no one to give it to. And I'm just like, I can't even imagine having that much um, resource and not having somebody that I'd want to leave it to or yeah. whatever. But well, you're not a crusty old bachelor. <laughs> like you. our good man, William Jennings. <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. I'm not. For sure. What would you do with 200 million pounds if you were in the 1700s? Oh, I would build a castle <laughs> on an island, obviously, and eat jam and scones. I don't know what was considered luxurious back then. A bath? <laughs> I would have lots of bubble baths. <laughs> you would be living like a queen. I would eat some rhubarb pie. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. That's a good one, Car. I like it. Yeah, I think and buying a castle would be fun. I would buy a pub and put the rest in savings. Oh, that's smart. There you go. Yeah. I I read something the other day that about how they used to name pubs like the the Black Fox or like the Trotting Rabbit or yeah. the things like that because not a lot of people could uh, knew how to read, and so they would name it after families and towns and things that they knew everyone would be familiar with. Which I thought that was interesting. So because wow. they couldn't name it something that people that, couldn't yes, understand because exactly. they weren't literate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was interesting. It's amazing how much, how far we have come. But then when you look at that, you realize how long it's taken. <laughs> I know. Like literally like learning how to read used to be seen as a luxury and a privilege. Like that's insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to be able to read books used to be seen as like an elite thing to do. Like people would risk their lives and leave their families so they could have children that could learn how to read. And then nowadays, no one's reading books. Yeah. We're not even using that. It is. It's crazy. It's I would nuts. be curious to know what percentage of the world though is illiterate. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure it's drastically lower than the time you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Just, just curious. Well, knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. I've been telling kids that for years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I've made a big impact. <laughs> They're like, this random lady told me knowledge is power, but I really just want to go eat ice cream. <laughs> I want to learn how to read. That's so great. I love it. Kevin, what are you putting in your drink? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Oh, it's my tea. Oh, cool. Yeah. I like it. Um, I think it helps mood and anxiety. And my wife thinks it's a total placebo, but I'm like, you know what? Yeah, whatever all, works all is natural, what I tell whatever. people. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. There's people, no difference. People will be like, what do you think of this? And I go, does it work? And they're like, it works for me. And I'm like, then I like it. Yeah. And like, if it's not, you know, processed. <laughs> I or, believe in it 100% right yep. there with you. I'm going to hold that vision. Right. And heroin works for you? Great. <laughs> no. Go ahead. <laughs> I would not say that. <laughs> no. no, no, no. That's not a good way. If you know where I can get some heroin tea, I'd give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> would love to try as long as it's in herbal form <laughs> yeah exactly all natural and we're good <laughs> yes please that's why like they have mushroom tea magic mushroom tea is there such a thing yeah and is it like a do you get a psychedelic yeah yeah okay a, a what response it wasn't coming out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know how it works but i know i mean it's mushrooms so i think if you put it in anything even like a smoothie it'll eventually hit your system yeah so what else did you want to talk about today? Well, I was going to ask you first if you wanted to share since I've been sharing all my stuff. Well, yours was good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I had actually um, gotten a non-current event also, and it was about Florence Nightingale. And I oh, most yes. everybody knows who she is, but they don't actually know why she became so famous. Do you know why? Mm-mm. And so she was, she was a nurse. Well, first of all, she was born to a very wealthy family in England. And the dad had, you know, gotten two estates and the mom was very high in society. And um, when she said she wanted to be a nurse, it was like she was going way down into the gutter. Yeah, they were like, you know how to read. You shouldn't be around blood. <laughs> and so, and apparently she was very um, awkward and... Um, not social. So this is the beauty of the introvert. I think sometimes people who are introverted, um, 
judge themselves because I think parents are like, don't be shy, don't be shy. My kid's shy. Like it's some horrible thing. But really that kid could be sitting back observing and learning and that's their way of, of being who they really are. And I think she was one of these people that just genuinely could not stop the connection she had to who she was meant to be. But wait, what what year was this? Um, That's a great question. It was during the <laughs> Crimean War. I'll look um, it up real quick. Okay, yeah, cool. it was during the Crimean War, whenever that was, I don't, I don't even know if the I'm Crimean saying it. Crimean War? I don't even know if I'm Sounds saying it Sounds like a bunch of little gremlins fighting. Correctly. <laughs> the Gremlin War. The Gremlin War. And, um, and what was so fascinating was that Back to what I was saying about the introvert, there's there's so many people who have brought us so much, a lot of writers, a lot of um, artists, a lot of people who who really do well when they're in isolation because they're productive with it. Mm-hmm. And she really loved nursing. And she was a statistician as well. And she was one of the first people that believed in the sanitary theory, which is crazy. And so I guess during the war, they were doing so bad that the doctors didn't ever want the nurses' help. They they wanted to handle it themselves. But it, it was so, um, the guys were dying so fast and things were going so bad that they had to deal with women coming <laughs> to help. And she was one, and one of the first things she did was clean the hospital. Yeah. And, um, and once she did that, I think they said like it changed the death rates changed massively because of the sanitary um, conditions shifting. Of course, you know we know now that there was germs, but back then they didn't know. But it was so cool because not only was she somebody who um, she was there to help, which she did, but there were guys who wrote poems about her because they were talking about seeing her lantern at night and they were like we would just be happy to you know kiss her shadow so to speak because she's such a loving presence and then she took all the stats and she she was proving that these people were getting better and in the end the doctors gave her no credit at all for what happened um but enough enough people knew that she had done this incredible thing and I just think it's so phenomenal. I just love, I love her story. Mid-1800s, by the way. Thank you. No problem. So it, it is, it's really, it's really, I love her name even. And in the poem, I, I should find the poem. It was really good. Um, the poem was beautiful because it says the nightingale instead of Florence Nightingale. Yeah, that's how I know her. I was like, is she a singer? <laughs> Oh, that's she a interesting. Bird. <laughs> Sounds like one. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find but it. But yeah. While you while you two chat about that. So um I just thought it was really cool. What do you think? About her? Yeah. Yeah. I'm very happy that of course, like she comes in there and she's like, all right, we've got to clean. Maybe that would help. Like yeah. it's a typical example though of how the masculine and feminine can work together. And how the masculine resisting the feminine, like, oh, that can't matter. It's just clean. Like, why would that even matter? These guys need to be amputated or these guys have fevers. You know, they're trying to think practically and reasonable. And a woman, the most obvious thing in the place is this place is a disaster. Take care of your home. Yeah. (laughs) Clean up your room. (laughs) You heard of hygiene? Yeah. And, but I mean, they did take all her credit in the end, so I wouldn't say that was necessarily working together. Well, and I do, uh, that's one of those deals where this happens today, cognitive dissonance. That's people, what I was about to say. Yeah. We've progressed a lot, but I think that still still goes on today. People get super mad when everything that they've done their whole life gets proved wrong. So rather than integrating new ways or trying to slowly shift into and carve out a better way people resist it and then there's this fighting you know between vax and novax or um you know doing something with kids this way or that way and and it really is the egos of the people who have been taught or or brought certain things to to bear and this is where I think we need to be a little bit more open-minded with each other when somebody's bringing a new idea to, to understand it's a new idea. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole list of people who are unappreciated in their time. Oh, yeah. 
crazy. Galileo, I mean, everybody knows about his story and how he ended up in jail and <laughs> in big trouble because the more the more he studied, the worse it got. Like, you know, he's talking about the Milky Way and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you're going to jail. You're dead. You're out of here. I hate to circle back to Van Gogh again, but he's another underappreciated yeah. in his time. Oh, yeah. A lot of artists definitely yeah. were underappreciated. Yep. Not till they're dead. And yeah. Tesla. Tesla was absolutely destroyed. Um, people hated him. Yeah. I always wondered, like, who's that today? I'm like, who's in jail right now that we're not listening to? <laughs> it's a great question. <laughs> you know, I'm like, damn, there's got to be someone out there that's doing something that everyone's making fun of or something and well, that we're not. I think a good example of that more recently was the strides that the psychological and Alcoholics Anonymous and all them were making with um, psilocybin and acid with helping people with mental issues. Um, that got really big time suppressed. See, I think so. But I also think in terms of I don't know. I guess everyone, I, don't, I hate saying the word my generation because like you can't speak for an entire generation. Um, but see, everyone my age and close to my age, I know, it does, is not of that belief and is so used to people talking about it on podcasts, reading books about it with positive reinforcements that I couldn't name one person my age that thinks that that's insane or even older than me. I think I know a lot of people who are definitely on board with that. I think we're, we're sitting at that turning point of it. Yeah. Because it was even, what, decriminalized in Colorado, mushrooms were. So I think that... Yeah, it? it was right. I think it oh, wasn't. I think, I think it was so. in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that we're years away from that. But I think so. That, you could get the magic mushroom tea there. Yeah, but <laughs> even yes, the you shift, go to Colorado like, and have a tea party. I, I can look at even a lot of my friends, my age or older, yeah. who I guarantee you, five years ago they would have had an issue with weed. Oh, and, yeah. oh yeah. And now there's people who with are like CBD oh, schemes. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's what happened is everyone got on the CBD train. And started selling it, and then they're like, "Oh, it's fine." Well, I, I think too, people have become more educated, and yeah. I think they've only begun. I mean, they're they're looking at different strands of it now, which will be interesting to see what they come up with because there there's a lot we don't know because it was pushed out so early. Yeah, but there's definitely a lot of uh, medicinal value there. Oh yeah, I absolutely. Think. I mean, I don't think that can even be denied anymore. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that we're at that point of a lot of. With mushrooms and weed, and yeah. I feel like it's we're I mean, people with epilepsy, being, people yeah. with diabetes. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. you remember even um, Stevie, one of our family friends. His his mom had was literally dying, had both of her legs amputated. I think it was horrible. It was like fifteen years ago, twelve years ago, and he 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 finally just said, "You know what? I mean, she's probably dying anyway. Let's make it less painful for her." And he started getting her weed, and she literally is still alive today. And they did not think she was going to make it. Yeah. And it's a perfect example of, you know, easing somebody's pain through something herbal that at the time people weren't even open to. But that's the that's the dissonance. You know, the yeah. doctors have fought against it for years and, you know, and then they've got to readjust. <clears throat> but I think to to get people more open minded would be nice because there's so many people that haven't been appreciated in their time. Well, I think there's like the like stupid cheesy quote that always brings me back to whenever I'm feel stubborn in my beliefs. It's it's what's the quote? It, the quote is which, whichever way the crowd is going, go the opposite. Yeah. And so anytime I realize that I agree with like the mass of people on Twitter, <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh -oh. I, this is not right. Like if everyone's <laughs> tweeting about it, usually the opposite is true. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's always good to check and be like, OK, is everyone agreeing with this? Because at one point, everyone thought that seizures were witchcraft you know what i mean like we don't people get on bandwagons very easily so i think it's always important to check your right check your they wagon. used to think that seizures were possessions yes absolutely These people had epilepsy and they were <laughs> killing them it's terrible it's really terrible this is a great segue into my topic though. oh yay so um i feel like we're just doing like a history episode today because all of uh, this is also something that used to happen <laughs> in ancient times. And it's also something that was a bandwagon that years later people were like, mm, maybe this is not true. So we're going to talk about and I, I know I always bring up creepy topics, but it's only because it's <laughs> most of the things that I know happen to be weird, creepy things. And I've always just been, you know, waiting for someone to ask me about them. <laughs> <laughs> so um also i'm such a huge fan i find a lot of this information uh, her name's dr Lindsay fitzharris mm -hmm. and she's a writer and she's a historian anyway she has this 
Twitter and she always does these Twitter threads about like weird things people used to do in the medical world hundreds of years wow, ago. Cool. So, What's her Twitter or Twitter handle? I think it's Lindsay Fitzharris. I'm not sure. Fitzharris? But she posts like gruesome pictures and stuff. So. Oh, I can't watch that. I know. I know that. I saw oh, you thanks picking, for the warning. I saw you picking up your phone and I was like, mm. no, you can't follow her. So she did a whole thing on bloodletting. And do you know what this is? Yeah. It started off in like the six, the mid 1600s. People used to use it as a way to treat ailments. So right. they basically would just cut open a vein in your arm and drain a bunch of blood from your body to for, get the virus out. Yes. For, you know, for fevers, <laughs> for seizures, for anything like that. Um, so. And they use leeches also. Yes, but we're going to get to that. Okay. So it go, bloodletting goes as far back as the Roman physician Galen, who was, you know, just out there living his life in second century AD, which is crazy. Also, I think it's crazy we use someone's death to reference time. Yeah. Um, uh, so the belief was that blood was a product of food after reaching the stomach, and then it was liquefied and sent to the liver and then turned into blood, and then that excess uh, blood causes seizures and things like that, which is crazy because we had absolutely no idea what was going on, on in our inside. Yeah. So people were like, hey, I have a crazy idea. Like, I have a theory. No, but many like actual physicians believed bloodletting was like beneath them, beneath their pay grade or whatever. And so they would send their patients to what were called barber surgeons and they would perform bloodletting and other services. So you go get your beard trimmed and your blood let. Like we were just what? out here. Yes. And I'm sure it was very sanitary too, the way they. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this is where, so you know when you pass by a barber shop and you see the white and, and the red and the red striped thing? Yeah. That's where that comes <gasps> from. Whoa. Because that was a sign to let you know that your barber would also bloodlet blood for you. So the um, the rod resembles the things that patients would hold to make their veins bulge. And then the two little circles on the top and the bottom resemble the basins. And the white and the red resemble the drying, bloodied rags drying out in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Isn't that interesting? No, I love that. And you know what's so but, interesting to me is how people keep the symbol even though it has a dark past. Yeah. You know, it's like they're they're probably even ignorant to it. Yeah. You know, I'm just doing it because the barber next to me did it and he used to bloodlet, but I don't because I'm more contemporary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, we're way past that now. We're on to leeches. Um, but... <laughs> There's a theory about how this is actually what killed George Washington prematurely because on uh, uh, what was it December 14th 1799 mm -hmm. George W became ill and he was terrified his doctor wouldn't get there fast enough so he sent uh, for the overseer of his slaves great guy <laughs> um, <laughs> to to come bleed him and they let so much of his blood out they bled him four times in eight hours and he was dead by that night oh. and then like later his physician was like yeah you know this might have been partly responsible because he lost so much blood wow but um yeah it is life it's funny because i've actually since i've had what i call my awakening i've looked at so many things different and one of the things that i look at different is blood i used to be terrified of it now do i want to see those gruesome pictures that you were just talking about no yes. i do not want to see them however i don't have as much of a blood scares me it's more of wow that's our life force that's you know that red color is life it's not death and i think we've been trained to believe it's death rather than it's life if that makes sense yeah. But it is the letting of it yeah. <laughs> is death. But you know what I'm saying. I don't. It doesn't freak me out as much as it used to because yeah. I I realize its place and how important it is. Yeah, it's it's keep it's in there. It's in our bodies. <laughs> um, but let's see. So in the early 19th century, it was even used preventatively. But this is when they brought the leeches into it because they were like, hey, we can get this done a lot quicker <laughs> and a lot safer if we just get these blood sucking demons from a lake. So there was these things called it was called the leech craze in England. It was like the hot new this is the hot new diet. Is or it kind of like having goldfish in your pedicure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, don't, I think that's for dead skin, not for blood, though. But I'm saying it's the same. Thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the craze. It People were coming from all over to get leached. Um so mostly female leech collectors, shout out to women <laughs> working those 19th century jobs. They would go into, 
They would, but it is brave. They would go into leech-infested ponds with their bare legs, which also... Which you really don't have to. It's not... You just dive into one of those ponds. I grew up around those ponds. You were a leech collector? Well, no, but a lot of the guys I knew would go jumping into those crazy ponds, and all of them would come out with leeches on them, and we'd have to get them off. It was really gross. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, these, these ladies would do it with their bare legs until um, the leeches would fall off because that's when they're full. Yeah, obviously. how would you get them off? You'd, we just off. have to, you just, no, we would, oh. they would pull them off and Ooh. burn them off. Ugh. And Gross. yeah. Ow. But yeah, people started getting headaches and other diseases because they were losing too much blood. <laughs> I could imagine. And then eventually people were just like, maybe this isn't the best way to go about things. Wow. But I thought that was really interesting specifically about the barbershop pole. And now I can't drive by one without thinking about that. I know. I think we need to go educate the world on this. That is what, that's what do we're they doing. really want that barbershop symbol? <laughs> Walk in. Do you even know? Know what that means? <laughs> I don't think it's that common these days, though. I don't know. I think it is for men's is um, places. I'm trying to think. Does Floyd's have one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to go hunt them down. It's a great question. Do you go to a barbershop? Yeah. You do? you never seen like Floyd's? It's like a chain. Oh, okay. Um, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I go to the one on Beltline. There's this place across from um, my building, and it's called, I forgot the name of oh, it. Oh, The Gentleman's The Gentleman's room. something, and um, you belong to it, and you can go in there as often as you want, um, and you can oh, you're talking about the, get a drink. Yeah. And so there's the, one called The Boardroom, and there's one called- Yeah, it's like that. Yes. Yeah. It's like that. And it's there's like another that. one with Gentleman in the title. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Seems like a nice thing to do. I used to go to a stylist, but I got sick of paying like- $60 for a men's haircut. <laughs> yeah. Maintenance is expensive. Try being a girl. Oh, I can't imagine. Whenever a guy complains to me, I'm like, you yeah, know what? That's Just, nothing compared to a cut you want color a trade, for a, You want to trade for my uh, maintenance bills? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I can send them we're to in you. The, we're in the tens of thousands. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I should not complain. <laughs> I don't think it's quite that bad, but close. <laughs> Exposing yourself. Yeah, right? But men are a fraction of that, yeah. It's way easier to be maintained. Yeah. Do you ever look at a guy's haircut and go, wow, that I got to find out where he got his haircut? Yeah, I've done that. Oh, before. yeah? Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was a guy thing or not. But I don't change, you know, I don't go for that many different styles. Right. So, but yeah, every once in a while. You're like, I'm just happy I have hair. There's this one, yeah, this picture, um, I think it was GQ. It's like this picture of Ryan Reynolds and he has, like, his haircut is what I always ask for. Like I have that picture, I just saved it. Yeah. Like, That's what I like. <laughs> That's how. That's usually when they can do the best job is when they've got enough when pictures. When they got a picture, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, tell us another one. I like yours. You're better at this than anyone. No, um, the only the only other like history one I had today was uh, stuff about the Bermuda Triangle because I was like, listen, the the triangle's been quiet for a while. <laughs> We haven't heard anything in a few years because I remember hearing about that growing up. That was like the most terrifying thing I'd ever heard. Big and time. Yes. Yes. And people just like talked about it like it was nothing. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, like 40 planes have gone missing mm-hmm. over there. No one ever found any remains, but like we're still flying over it. Like I remember being absolutely terrified of that as a kid. That's interesting. That is, that's I was probably somewhere between 10 and 12 years old where my dad and mom were watching a show about the Bermuda Triangle on television and I was there and that was the day I decided that I cannot watch scary things (laughs) and I was 12 and I I stuck to this the rest of my life I I was the girl in high school that wouldn't go to the scary movies with everybody I tried once I walked out couldn't do it I can't. I don't know how people do it. Can you watch scary movies, Kev? I love that. Yeah. Oh, it's like my I thing. love scary yeah. movies. I try how to watch at least one head? every single day in October. <laughs> it's like fun. my little annual thing. I, I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. You don't think about it later? Every once in a while, there's like a rare movie that sticks in your head. But for the most part now. You just let it go. Yeah. yeah. And I would think because I've produced movies and because I've seen behind the scenes enough that it wouldn't scare me. But I just think I don't like those thoughts in my head they just don't feel good compared to the ones i normally have like thinking i can walk on water someday (laughs) i'm like yeah compared to the thoughts i normally have they don't seem that different so i'm like that's fine (laughs) yeah i guess it's a matter of relativity yeah exactly and so what do you have any other delusional things that you have i mean i didn't mean to interrupt your bermuda triangle though 
Let's no, go there first. It's fine. <laughs> we, um, uh, delusional beliefs. I'm sure. Oh yes, I. This is this is my most delusional belief by far, and I will fight to the death on this. That I I believe that I somehow made some contract with the ocean. <laughs> like me and the ocean have like an agreement that like I'm not afraid of swimming anywhere in the ocean. Given I'm not going to go swim off the coast of South Africa, like after like a right. great white shark sighting, but I've never been afraid of like sea creatures. Like I've literally always just felt like, like I was fine in the ocean. Like I yeah. just think that we have. No, and you have always yeah. felt that way. Even when you were tiny, I remember we were in the Bahamas and there was this whole nurse shark thing and you were the first one in the water to go swim with the nurse yeah, sharks. But those are nurse sharks. But still, it's it, like swimming with sea chickens. Yeah, <laughs> shark's a shark, and they've got, they've they've had nurse sharks bite people. I mean, it's happened. Well, they bit an influencer, and I would probably bite an influencer if they were that close <laughs> to me too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but um, but yeah, and then also remember when we used to go down to Boca Grande where they had the the largest. Um, tarpon fishing in the world mm -hmm. and they have like Hitler the famous hammerhead shark. hammerhead shark and these huge sharks there and you and your brother and Connor jumped out of the boat in the past which is where all of them are and I could have killed you guys but you did that yeah no I just think that the ocean's never gonna do that to me like if something's gonna attack me it's gonna be on land it's not gonna be in the water see I, I love being in the ocean but every once in a while you have that fleeting moment of like uneasiness like fear kind of because yeah. I love to snorkel and scuba dive and stuff, but still, yeah, I get a little freaked out every once in a while, yeah. just thinking what could be. It doesn't around freak you, me you know? out unless I can't see. If I if the water's clear for you know feet, you know thirty feet, a <laughs> uh, hundred feet, <laughs> then I'm I'm cool. But if it I can't see, I'm not swimming in it. Yeah, I think I kind of like that feeling of just like not being able to see that. the unknown. Like you don't know, like it could be anything, but. You like more adrenaline than I do. <laughs> I used to have like kind of a pact with sharks though, because I love to eat seafood and lots of places have like shark fin soup and stuff. And it's made this oh, pact in my head. Yeah. I'm like, I'll be safe as long as I never eat a shark. A shark will never eat me. That's oh. like my whole little rule. So that's see, I think that course, makes, that that's delusional. <laughs> no, I think that makes sense. I used to do this thing where I would be riding my bike and I'd be like, if I can get to that mailbox on my bike by the time I count to five, this is gonna happen. <laughs> I would just make up like my own stuff. I think that's kind of weird too. Your own little fortunes? Yeah, I just would, yeah. I would just be like, this is gonna happen if I do this. I Did know. it happen? Yeah, always. Well, <laughs> they were simple stuff oh, okay. too. I mean, it wasn't like, I don't know, my mom's gonna make my favorite dinner tonight if I get there. <laughs> You're like, Mom, I made it to the mailbox in time. We're having meatloaf. <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's true. I wanted to ask you, though, uh, Carlisle, since you're like the Aquaman, do you ever <laughs> have any like feelings of fear or uneasiness in the ocean, ever? Um, Yeah, kind of. I think one time I stepped on a stingray because you know how they like burrow in the thing. Mm -hmm. I've and done you, that too. You and could, it like, like shocks your foot almost. Yeah, and you can like feel it like leave. And I was like, <laughs> that was close. But um. But not when you're just like swimming, floating, like you don't feel like. No, if it's in like the straight, like middle of the ocean. Oh yeah, and it's that's really dark. Like open water. Yeah, yeah, I will for a little bit, but I just think I kind of like that, like feeling of like not knowing, because it's just exciting. But I think that's why some people um, get so afraid of life, is that they don't like the. the oh unknown. yeah, I'm much more afraid of life than I am of the ocean. And so we're thinking, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Absolutely. I would rather swim in the middle of an ocean than go to a crowded dinner party. I will take my chances in the Pacific. But I can't do I don't even remember when I was, where I was going with that thought. I don't know. Oh, I know. And most people are scared to death of the unknown. Like if if you can get somebody comfortable with the fact that it's kind of part of life or it's kind of exciting or that if they can wrap their head around embracing some pieces of the unknown, you can change their life. So I'm thinking maybe you should start a school. <laughs> you desensitize people in the ocean. <laughs> if you can do it here, you can do it anywhere. Yeah. Here's the class. I take you to the middle of the ocean. I throw you off and I leave. <laughs> and I come back in a little bit with like a snack, but there's no fail safe. <laughs> no. I remember when one of your dad's friends did that to Dane and Jackson and another child. 
left them on an inner tube in the middle of the ocean. I was so mad. Well, they were on an inner tube. It was dusk. <laughs> As a mother, I was very mad. That's when sharks feed. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're Luckily, gonna... they were too big to feed, I guess. <laughs> I think that they were fine. It was scary. I didn't like it. And so I like your idea, though. Or it's actually my idea, but your implementation to desensitize people for the unknown. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'm more comfortable with, like, the known. Like, I don't like knowing... Everybody. Well, it's just like, I don't like knowing um, that something is the way it's going to be and it's always going to be that way. Like, I'm much more comfortable with the possibility of something being different than Changing. like it always being the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's unusual. Most people are just the opposite. Um, people love conforming. They love repetition. And I think it's because our subconscious really does like to be on autopilot. And if it's on autopilot, it doesn't have to work as hard. Your brain doesn't have to work. And so it's just a little bit of thinking out of the box. So you're actually quite extraordinary. Well, I guess I like certain things to be the way I expect them to be. Like I like routine and small things, but I think that, I don't know, things that, I think things that intimidate me, I would prefer them, to, parts of them to always be unknown because it's more, it's more comfortable feeling like you can never know everything about something. Because if there's an opportunity for me to know everything about something, then it's going to bother me until I know everything about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's more exciting to know that there's always going to be like a, a, something I don't know, I guess. Yeah. Imagine if we knew everything. It'd be horrible. I think it would be horrible. That's why I think. Or if we could get everything we wanted or if we could, you know, manifest as fast as people wish that they could manifest. Yeah, or if you could read people's minds. I'd hate that. I'd hate that. I don't trust anyone. Anytime I ask anyone, <laughs> no, 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 listen, I don't trust anyone who I'm like, what, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? And they're like, oh, read minds. I'm like, you have not thought that through. And I do not appreciate that response. That is the stupidest thing you could absolutely say. What's yours? Oh, um, it, to breathe underwater, obviously. Oh, yeah. That's because part then of you your, can hang out with the fish. That's part of your pact with the ocean properly. Um, or oh, I thought of a really good one the other day, but I forgot what it was. So you really are Aquawoman. I don't know. I'm just now discovering this about you. <laughs> I didn't even know you had a pact with the ocean. Well, it's not uh, official. <laughs> it hasn't been notarized, but I've just always felt like safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because I grew up in the like around water. Yeah. So I'm, it was never like a big thing to be afraid of. But um, yeah, we had an extra deep pool and you were like well, not three I mean years the, old I mean and you would go to the bottom of it and yeah, it scared the different. hell out of me. That's a pool. You know, nothing's going to happen to you in a pool. Not when you're three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dane's like, Mom, look what Carly can do. And I was like, oh, my God. I swear, every kid has had the fear that a shark could get him in a swimming pool. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't worried about that. <laughs> How, yeah, yeah, that's true, because there's just always, like, that feeling. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of your things. Yeah. Do you have a fear that's unfounded? What does that mean? Like a fear that you, you, use you shouldn't have, like that you think is maybe a little crazy? Like a fear of flying. It's totally irrational, but oh, um, a lot of people are scared of it. Yes. It'll, oh, needles. Absolutely. We've oh, talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do needles. I do not do needles. I will not do needles. I will do anything. And you tried to desensitize yourself, as yeah, you did. spoke about before. Yeah. Didn't work. Yeah. So the lesson is? don't ever need to get a shot <laughs> no when i when i when i split my thumb open um and it was bad and it was deep i and literally had to go to the hospital i was begging them i was like can you just glue it back together i was like i think we can just glue it and they were like absolutely not and i was like please and they're like the only way that'll they're like you can try another hospital but i promise you they will send you back here and say no so i was i was so mad i had to get stitches because i don't care about stitches i just didn't want to get the shot yeah yeah Ugh. I Kevin, do you have a fear that we should know about? Oh, yeah. Mine is flying. I hate to fly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I love flying. No, I hate that feeling. Do you hate? Like being like trapped and having mm -hmm. no control and being in the air. Like, I uh, hate it. Do you hate like the takeoff or the landing or just <laughs> the experience as a whole? Pretty much. Um, I would say I hate takeoff the most because once oh, we're I in the it. air, I have a cocktail and then I start to feel better. <laughs> um, and then I've usually had a few by the time we land. So that's okay. But. Yeah, just the whole experience bothers me. And just being trapped with people like tight and yeah. like that, you know. And so if you were flying private, you'd be fine? I think I'd still have a little bit of the fear just of the flying, but it would be more convenient, yeah. comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, most people are more afraid of flying private than 
people who are afraid of flying, I, like I know multiple people who are like, oh, I will never get in a private plane or a helicopter just because. Oh my gosh, I think it's more dangerous. Yes, yeah. because they're like, oh, so many people die from it. I'm like, I just think rich people are more in them, so we hear about it more than. Well, it does seem like small aircraft crash a lot more often than airliners. Oh, yeah, because there's a lot of pilots that really make some bad choices. Yeah. My wife was a military kid, so she would sometimes be able to fly on, like, the military transportation planes. Uh Uh-huh. And um, I'm like, yeah, that's where I would feel the most safe, probably. Like, you never hear about a huge, like, military cargo plane going down. That's a good point. It's a good point. It's all irrational, though. Planes don't really crash very often, but it still freaks me out. Yeah, I love flying. I actually took flying lessons for couple of years and i've never had more fun it was so fun it was such a cool experience and it doesn't i actually love flying the only thing i don't like about it now is how since 9 11 there's the tsa thing but other than that (laughs) i always get flagged too i I freaking love it i think it's fun i think it's relaxing i like the time without the phone or anybody contacting me i like how relaxing it feels. Yeah, I love flying. You're I like right. There are some things that are fun about it. Yeah, and every time I'm on a plane, there's something like I get direct downloads, like when I'm journaling or writing, it just like all comes together. What did you ask me the other day? You were like, do you, do you all, like, oh my gosh, I wish I could remember, <laughs> because you were trying to ask me about I'm like, afraid. you're like, do, do you, um, uh, do you enjoy talking to the people next to you like on a plane oh, or yeah, something? And yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it's the best flight ever if we don't interact even once. Like, I won't even say hi. I'll sit in with my headphones down. But I thought that was so funny because that just shows how different we are because like, if we go out to a restaurant and we're sitting at the bar, like, I'll go to the bathroom by the time I come back. You've made like four new friends. <laughs> <laughs> And like gotten their numbers, and I'm like, oh my god! Stranger. I like humans. I, yeah, I'm 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 like you. I like, like humans. Just leave me alone. <laughs> she likes humans so much. I know, but I yeah, I'm still like I'm I'm still not over stranger danger. Yeah, I'm like every stranger is a threat <laughs> until I assess you and assume that you're not a threat. Yeah, that's why continue. you don't want me dating somebody from a matchmaker no, or going in Uber. <laughs> She's the mom now. I am the mom. I, and I'm I'm a great mom. You are a very good mom. I'm a very good mom. Do we? Uh, yeah. Well, you want to work on the Twitter stuff? Yeah. Is I'm it like time? How, yeah, it's time. Is you it you explain time? it. I'll pull up my tweets. Okay. So this is the time of our hour that we w- ask why did you tweet that? And I have a couple of yours again. I think I have a couple of strangers this time. Um. So you were very excited. You put this in capital letters, all caps, which is not your personality at all. It says, Snape and I have the same birthday. Ah, Professor Snape (laughs) from Harry Potter. Yes. (laughs) Can you imagine my delight when I saw J.K. Rowling wish him happy birthday and it was my birthday? (laughs) I can't imagine your delight, but I love that you follow J.K. Rowling. Of course. <laughs> and like the official Harry Potter account wished him happy birthday. Like it's like, it's like, cause you know, in books, like not everyone has like a set I birthday. Know, it's crazy. But he has a legit set birthday. I wonder why she picked it. I don't probably, you know, Cap- it's for some reason. Capricorns are assholes. You well, think they, that's why? Yeah, definitely. Do you consider yourself an a-hole? No, not at all. Okay. I don't either. I think you're really kind of wonderful. <laughs> yeah, but you're extremely biased. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, so that one's a good one, but I also like how you on Instagram said that you guys had the same haircut also. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that was when I just cut my hair. And so I have like this short, dark haircut, and there's literally a picture where our hair looks exactly the same, and I was dying laughing because it's like, yeah, me and him, we have a lot more in common than I'd like to and, realize. And so what's your what's your next one? Or do I do, I do another one? You can do another one because I'm still finding I'm trying to find the one where I have it. Okay, so I thought this was really cute. Um, Lately, whenever I do something embarrassing or something bad happens to me in public, I say out loud, that is not good for the company. It's me. I'm the company, and falling into the freezer at Whole Foods is not good for the company. (laughs) That's a good one. I don't know. I literally don't know where that came from. I did did you in- fall into the freezer? Yeah. I was looking for the <laughs> gluten-free cookie dough that's frozen. And it was really far back. And then, like, the bottom part was, like, empty. And there was just... Um, but there was a lady around me. And I just, like, stood up. And I was like, that's not good for the company. <laughs> and then it just stuck. And then every time something bad would happen to me, like, my flight was delayed or something, I'd be like, this is not good for the company. <laughs> And I'll say it like on the other way, like when I get good news too, I'm like, this is great for the company. Yeah. And I always say it to people and they're like, what? And I'm like, you, you are the company. 
I am my company. Yeah. It's much more fun to see yourself as a company than a person. I like it. And so how many people are in your in company? My company? <laughs> and it's just me. <laughs> you take the trash out. You <laughs> Other people can invest in the company. <laughs> but it's not gone public, so we don't have shareholders yet. <laughs> oh, well, I would invest in you. Well, Thanks. I have invested in you. <laughs> a lot. That's true. A lot. Um. Okay, this is a tweet. It's by someone named Chloe Francis. I don't know who that is. They have a check mark, so they're known. But she said, this is maybe one of my favorite tweets I read this whole week. She said, my cat is perfect. I'm just watching her eat. She is so good at it. Little drink of water after. Genius. How is she so naturally gifted? I will die for her. (laughs) (laughs) We can't ask her why she did that. No, we can't ask her why. But why do you think she did that? Because I don't, it was just the observation about it is so funny. Like the way it's phrased, like it just a little drink of water after genius. Like it's so true because cats like are do that. They go and they have like a teeny little snack and then they have like a teeny little bit of water. Yeah. It's just cute. It is genius. She's right. I think that the one thing that as the unofficial life coach of this woman is I think that's a really healthy thing that she's appreciating just being. Because I think we we don't look at how important we are. And I think that her taking a moment to enjoy her cat is very present of her. I like that. Okay. Um, this is one of your tweets. And I why do a- I always get nervous? I'm always afraid you're pulling like my worst stuff. I don't know why you get nervous because you only tweet like inspiring things or yeah, like nice things. Who knows what? <laughs> like you've never tweeted anything bad. Um, let's see. Okay. So this actually goes with what we were talking about today. You tweeted at Carmen Studer. You said strongly held beliefs atrophy the brain. Open-minded people have the opportunity for greater wisdom. Some of our old beliefs need to hit the trash bin. Hashtag renew the mind. Oh, I like that. I like that How too. long ago was that? I don't even remember it. That was March <laughs> of last year. Okay. Well, no wonder. That was so far. That was another lifetime ago. But yeah, I think that um, I think our minds atrophy because we don't use them. And I think that we aren't using our mind if we aren't bringing in new things, new thoughts, um, regenerative um, um, you know, aspects to our brains. People don't read, you know, they mindlessly watch television, they do stuff. And so I think that, um, I think that they've even proven actually that the brain begins to atrophy many, many years before somebody shows up with Alzheimer's or different things like that. And we know for a fact that if the brain gets exercised, it, it creates new pathways. Yeah. And so why not do that? No, I agree. I think it is, I think seeing someone change their mind is a sign that they have an open one because I think that if you never change your mind, it's not a good sign. Yeah. But you change your mind all the time. I keep improving. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's infuriating. I'll bring up something you said last week and you're like, Oh, I've moved on from that. I'm like, that was three days ago. <laughs> I've proved myself wrong already. No, but that is a Gemini thing that they, they will like change their minds like on a dime and they'll be like, well, I was presented new information and I changed it. And I'm like, I would need time to recover from <laughs> learning that my belief was wrong. <laughs> I think that's what happens. I think people get I think it's butt ego. hurt. Yeah, 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 because they haven't... I really do try to nail my flesh on the cross, so to speak. <laughs> what? For real. Like, to to take the piece of me that's the ego and try to catch it all the time. When am I in my ego? When am I in my ego? When am I in my ego? And when I am in my ego, why was I in my ego? Why was I in my ego? And then once I figure out why I was in my ego, I can go, oh... I was protecting myself from this. Let go my ego. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of us playing Heads Up last night. (laughs) I freaking love that game. But but yeah, let go my ego. I love that. I think we should start a whole campaign. Yeah, trademark that. Yeah, hashtag let go my ego. Legally, let go of my ego. Excuse me. <laughs> no, but that's what I try to do. And and when I'm working with people, um, the reason some people um, don't come into my field is because they're not ready to look at themselves. And so a lot of times if somebody's working with me and they're having great results, they want it to share it with somebody. But that person might not be ready 
to have Receive such a direct. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not ready to nail that flesh on the cross. They don't. It's like even math. It's see a, it's it. building blocks. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't go from nothing to algebra. I think that self realization and being able to look at yourself from a not ego point of view is something that takes practice as well. No, that's exactly right. And I like that analogy. Um, math. I always use. Um, you know, I'm not going to take somebody who's 50 years old and have them go work out with somebody from the NFL on their first day of working out. And it's the same way with learning how to meditate or anything else. You've, you've got to practice. You've got to start slow Small. also. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you, can't, you can't go in and go, oh, I'm going to work out really hard. And then you're so sore the next day you don't want to work out. And it's the same with meditation. I always make sure, because I think meditation is one of the most unbelievable secret weapons that the human has and the average person won't sit quiet and if they don't start with guided meditation they might not ever get there and so people will judge different types of meditation but you have to do what works for you it's kind of like you're not gonna you know people like is there an instruction book for how to have sex well yeah there is but do you need it you know, there's <laughs> damn just roasting the fuck out of people. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it's no, a I natural get, process, okay, and you that. need to try what works for you. Yeah, it's like, does a lion need to read a book to know how to catch a gazelle? Like, you know, right. so, so some yeah. things that should be instinctual. I yeah. what you mean. Right, and 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 some people like to lay down, and some people like to sit up, and some people yeah. like to chant, and some people like. And I think, I think if people can just trust themselves, they'll find themselves on a journey that they are blown away with. Um, the chanting's for meditation, right? Not, yeah. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Two things. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that people even, no, but I think people even try guided meditation and still run into the same issues of their mind wandering. But I think I would take it even a step further of some people are better at it off the bat. They it comes yeah. to them easier okay. and you have to dedicate yourself to it. Literally like you're learning a new hobby. You cannot try it even three times right no and expect that no. like but i will say that you specifically caught on to it a lot faster than most people do like you instantly i think started having really good results and you want to know how i remember this <laughs> specifically because you asked me to come meditate with you and i was like you you described to me this awesome <laughs> fun experience you had of like this life-changing like angel and we were doing a spirit guide meditation and I was so excited because I was like, my whole life's about to change before my own eyes in 20 minutes. And you get to the part in the meditation where your spirit guide is supposed to go and come to you. And I swear to God, my spirit guide did not show up. <laughs> and I was like, where the hell is my spirit guide? They're late. <laughs> they stop for Starbucks on the way. I don't know where they are. And you're like, oh, well, you have to like create them in your mind. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I thought I literally was just going to have to be able to do nothing. And the spirit guy was going to come rescue me from all my problems. Yeah. So it does require a little more imagination than people realize, I think, that. But it, I, I would say it's beyond imagination, though. I do think it's a, there's a certain frequency we hit because that exact meditation was one of the first ones that blew my mind because I had this person show up, this gorgeous black queen. Like, she was stunning. And she told me, that, or she didn't even tell me. I just knew her name was Nefertiti. And I had heard that name, but I didn't really know who she was or what she did. And she handed me a, a little tiny onk. Um, it's, it's the cross with the little circle on the top. And she put it in my hand. And yes, I was imagining this, but I, I didn't know what an onk was. I didn't know who Nefertiti was. And, and, and she actually told me, you know, this is, this is an amulet. I kind of knew what an amulet was, but, and so when something like that happens, it gets you kind of torqued up because you're like, okay, wait a minute. I just got, I just had an experience that was otherworldly that not only was it otherworldly, but it brought home stuff that's actually true on this earth plane, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I think that's the exception to the rule. I don't think that's the expectation for Yes, everyone. I agree with you because yeah. most of my clients, um, who actually work towards it will have different visual experiences. Yes, because some people, their minds, some people's minds work in a way where they hear their thoughts. Some right. people see them, but not everyone can do both or either. Right. So we can't, so everyone experiences things differently. Yeah. But yeah. And one of my really good friends, he hears music 
Yeah. But he's also a very musical person. Yeah. And I haven't ever heard music. So I it, it, it really does, I think, depend a lot about who you are. And But that's that unfolding of who you are. And I don't think most people take it as seriously as I do because you're a witness to it. I do it every day, somewhere between 20 and 50 minutes every day. And I think that there's plenty of times where I get up and I don't have a vision or a, a, a visual sight, but I just feel so great when I'm done. Yeah, I think a lot of people avoid it too because once you sit quiet, you're forced to confront a yeah, lot of the negative a stuff lot bubbles of up, unresolved first. trauma in your thoughts. So yeah, that's a fun note to end on. <laughs> yeah. Just go meditate. Yeah, just go sit down and shut up. Literally, ten minutes. That's all you need. Like that's like so you sit down, and shut up. But uh, good advice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So we're closing out. Me and my rose-colored glasses, and we're you done. and your green glasses. My grandma glasses. She rocks the grandma style like yes. no one I know. Yes, thank you for that <laughs> awesome compliment. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Carlisle here with my mom, Carmen, and have a wonderful rest of your day, night, whatever. All right, bye.